Hey there, guys. It's Pete Mundo with HeartlandCollegeSports.com, and always appreciate you downloading and listening to this week's podcast. If you haven't, rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. I would be so grateful of you for doing that. So many of you have, and it has helped this thing uh, really shoot up the iTunes rankings because of you. So thanks so much, guys. Enjoy the show, and we'll talk to you soon. Safeties drop really deep. Handoff Sermon over the left side. Big hole, 30. First down, 25-20. Breaks a tackle. 15-10-5. The minister is into the end zone. Preach. Mason takes the ball, fakes a handoff, fires over the middle. It's caught by Aitman, and he takes it into the end zone. He juggled it for a moment, but got it back. Pistols firing. Touchdown, Oklahoma State's Marcel Aitman. There's more to us than that. Two receivers left, one right. Quarterback keeper here, 30-yard line, Jesse 25-20, 15-10-5 to the goal line, touchdown! 35 yards on the run for Jesse Ertz. Turpin in motion, they fake to him, hand to Hicks, he'll walk in and score! Hit the horn with 7.39 to play in the second quarter, and the Horn Frogs now go up 13-7. country stations, yeah, we're one big country nation, that's right. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better for the Big 12 Conference, what a weekend it was. Pete Munda with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Always great to be here with you. Part of heartlandcollegesports.com. It's our independent Big 12 digital media outlet that has really blown up word of mouth grassroots because of you and I can't thank you enough for doing that and for uh, joining us and spreading the word and being a part of this. It's been absolutely fantastic. So the Big 12 now is the only conference in America this year with a team in the Final Four and in the college football playoff. Of course, there was Oklahoma in the college football playoff and now Kansas in the Final Four and no other conference. Not the mighty SEC, not the Big Ten, not the ACC, and sure as hell not the miserable Pac-12 could say they did this. And if you're a Big 12 fan, we've talked about it a lot in recent weeks, the success this conference has been having over the past several months in football and basketball. You get a little bit of a nugget like that, and it should make you proud. It should, because this conference has been getting trashed for the better part of five years, and that is now, unofficially at least, over. Now, I wondered whether or not this conference was going to be able to get a team to the Final Four. And it was one of those things where I didn't think that we knew the Big 12 was really good. And we knew this conference had a ton of depth to it. But I didn't know if they had a top-tier team to get this far. Of course, Kansas wins another Big 12 title, but they didn't have that star player that you think of Kansas having in recent years, whether it's a guy like Josh Jackson, somebody along those lines, that freshman one-and-done stud that has helped carry them. This team doesn't have that, but what this team is for the Kansas Jayhawks, they're a team. And these guys came together. It was a rough and, by Kansas standards, rocky early part of the season. Who was going to be playing? Who wasn't? Who was on the roster? Who was going to have to go overseas? 
they knew by about mid to late January, this is who we're going with. These are our guys. And there's no rock star NBA player on this team. But boy, oh boy, did these guys, they came together. And Bill Self made note of that following the win over Duke on Sunday. I don't think I could be or we could be more excited or more proud than what we are right now. Not only going to San Antonio, but the way that we did it, you know, uh, beating uh, uh, an historic program, maybe the greatest college basketball coach of all time and, and uh, 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 such a talented roster. And Bill Self's right. I mean, the the talent-wise, just pure talent, four freshman absolute studs for the Duke Blue Devils, two of them, and Carter Jr. and Bagley are going to be lottery picks, probably top 10 picks. Kansas doesn't have that guy on the roster, and they beat him. Now, that's not to say Kansas is a bunch of slubs. I mean, we know these are all three, four, five-star guys, but there isn't that lottery top 10 NBA player on this team. And Kansas beat them because they wanted it more. They were tougher. They were more veteran. They were smarter. They were all those things wrapped in the one, and that puts them in the final four. And Bill Self, I mean, you could hear the pride in his voice because down the stretch of that game, if you were watching, Bill Self, he was getting pretty, pretty pasty white because the knock on Bill Self has been, all right, 14 straight Big 12 titles. Only a couple of Final Fours. Only one national championship. And that's not entirely fair because a lot of times... You look at these games and these tournaments, it's one and done. It's a crapshoot. I mean, look at Chicago of uh, Loyola, Chicago. I'm sorry. I love Sister Jean. I love the story. But you're going to tell me if they played any of these teams that they've beaten in a best of, even a best of three series, they'd win them all? Of course not. That's what make the, makes the tournament what it is, though. It's a one and done. It's a crapshoot. And oftentimes, it's not about who's the best team. But Kansas got itself there. Uh, they were better down the stretch. Carter fouls out. That was a huge play for that team. And you saw it time and time again. Malik Newman's a perfect example of what this team is this year. Progressing, getting better, gaining confidence. And when he scored all 13 points in the overtime period, that was one of the great performances I've seen in the last several years in college basketball. The way Malik Newman's confidence just took over over those final five minutes in the extra period is something I'm going to remember and most Kansas fans should remember for a very long time. Because he practically single-handedly put that team in the final four. When you really think about it. And Svee down low, we've got to give him a lot of credit because not only did he hit that big three in the final minute, but he was banging down low on defense with guys like Marvin Bagley. And it was a bad job by Coach K to not feed Bagley the ball enough down low over the final couple of minutes. He was on a guy that was he had, what, three, four, five inches on and maybe 30, 40 pounds, and they've got Grayson Allen doing fadeaways from three-point range. That's on Coach K. That was a, I mean, by Coach K standards, a horrendous coaching job down the stretch. And it puts Kansas in the Final Four, and Devontae Graham comes out and admits this is pretty darn sweet. 
It's a great, great feeling uh, for us, for the fans, uh, just everything that we've been through this year, all the ups and downs and, you know, the boot camp and everything that we've been through, you know, we, we do it for, for moments like this. And uh, it's just special, you know, especially getting here this same game last two years and losing it, uh, you know, it's just getting over that hump and it just feels unbelievable. And Graham's, Devontae Graham's presence is going to be felt for a very long time in Lawrence. It is going to be felt for a very long time because this is not a guy who left after a year, left after two years, went to the NBA, had a big successful career. Devontae Graham may have a decent NBA career. You know, he'll probably make some money as a backup, but he's not going to be an NBA all-star. But he has laid the foundation for this group that's going to continue to come up behind him, stayed for four years, did it the right way, was the player of the year. I mean, he, he was the complete package at the perfect time for Bill Self, and he deserves a lot for making this team what it was over the past eight weeks. And that's a Final Four team. So kudos to him. I mean, it is well-deserved for what this team and, and what this uh, program has done. And it's, it's, I think, one of Bill Self's best coaching jobs. It is. And now they have a matchup with Villanova. I'll get to that later on in the show because I will say in full discrepancy, uh, Villanova grad. So I, I went to Villanova. Um, and now I'm going to see them play three Big 12 teams that I've watched just as much of this year. They beat West Virginia, they beat Texas Tech, and then, or now, they are going to play the Kansas Jayhawks. So it's going to be pretty fun to uh, watch that and watch these teams because there's no teams I watch more of than the Big 12 and Villanova. That's about it. That's about all I got. Now, speaking of Texas Tech, uh <sighs> They missed so many shots at point-blank range. You can talk about the officiating, and do I think Villanova got the benefit of the doubt in the officiating department? I do, but that's not the reason that Texas Tech lost that game. I can think off the top of my head, half a dozen shots from inside of three feet that Texas Tech makes 99% of the time that they just missed. And that's something that... uh, you know, the Tech fan, I realize, is upset by some of the calls that maybe they felt were unjust. But the second half, at one point, it was eight Villanova fouls to two Texas Tech fouls. So I realized the first half might have leaned Villanova, but for much of the second half, it leaned Texas Tech, and they just missed a couple of shots they'd make. And that would have totally changed how that game played out down the stretch when Tech had gotten it down to five points a couple of times, and it should have been even lower than that. But they missed too many easy buckets. But in classic Chris Beard fashion, what he said after the game about the Big 12 and about this conference should make the entire conference very proud. The Big 12 is just a grind. Uh, It's well documented. We play each other twice. Hall of Fame coaches. Every team has NBA players or prospects. Every team has a great home court, including us in Lubbock. Sold out our last five or six home games. A special college game day game. Um... So the grind is just brutal when you're in it, but I think it does pay dividends when you get out of the tunnel. Uh, the challenge is, you know, trying to just make sure that you survive the grind where you can get in the tournament. And I really would have liked to have seen how Texas Tech or West Virginia would have played in a different regional. Because I firmly believe you could have had two Big 12 teams in the Final Four, but the problem is that 
both West Virginia and Texas Tech ran into what is right now the favorite and the best team in the NCAA tournament, and that's Villanova. It's not the fault of West Virginia. It's not the fault of Texas Tech that they got what I always thought was the toughest one seed draw because what Villanova could do from three-point range, what they were able to do down low with Omari Spellman, the big man who can stretch you out from three-point range, but also bang you down low at six foot ten. I think Tech or West Virginia would have been much better off in any of the other regionals, especially, say, the West or the South, where they could have really made their presence felt. Unfortunately, they got a tough draw in the East, and that's that's just how it is. But that's not um, – it doesn't take anything away from what Bob Huggins and Javon Carter and that team did this season or what Chris Beard – and Keenan Evans and all those guys in Lubbock did. They both had fantastic seasons, and their fan bases should be really proud of how those years went. Pete Munda with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Always great to be here with you. So this came up over the past several days. Should Big 12 fans of teams not remaining or that didn't make the NCAA tournament be rooting for other Big 12 teams? I'll get to that next, right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. So I saw something on Facebook that really triggered my thought process and spun my wheels about whether or not Big 12 fans should be rooting for other Big 12 teams. Pete Mundo with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your Big 12 independent digital media outlet. It is great to be here with you as always as we get set for the final four this weekend, Kansas Villanova, and then the um, minor league side of the bracket with Loyola Chicago and Michigan. So I saw this post and it was basically like, since when do Big 12 fans root for other Big 12 teams? What's that all about? You know, you got Baylor fans rooting for Kansas and Kansas State. You got Iowa State fans rooting for um, whatever, Oklahoma and Texas in the early rounds. What's that all about? And I immediately thought of the SEC. The SEC built its brand on the back of ESPN. Of course, ESPN launching itself headfirst in with the SEC, then building the SEC network and helping make the SEC, which was a very good conference in many sports and, of course, was always really good at football, but made that conference exceptional and made it arguably for the past 10 years the best conference in America and the most powerful conference in America. And it was always the idea that the SEC fan was more of an SEC fan than he was, say, a fan of his team. You know, the Mississippi State fan whose season was over by mid-October suddenly became an Alabama fan hoping the Crimson died, won a national championship. And here's the thing. As much as many of us ragged on the SEC fans for that, it was brilliant marketing. Because especially for the past seven, eight years, if you think back to how the SEC has been built... It was basically on the back of Florida for a little bit under Urban Meyer, and then it was Alabama with a touch of Auburn sprinkled in there. 
And now Georgia, of course, is coming along and and, you know, the rest of that conference is solid. But it was really a Florida, Alabama two man show that the rest of the SEC was jumping on the back and saying, hey, we're part of this, too. And it built up this entire conference. It took the brand from basically on par with the other power five conferences to head and shoulders above the rest. Now, I know Alabama won the national championship again this past year, but that gap has clearly shrunk. The SEC was very top-heavy in football this past season with Alabama, Georgia, and then everybody else. There was a clear line between those two schools and the other 12 in the SEC. There's no doubt about that. But the conference also had a good basketball season. They've come a long way in that sport. It's not just a football conference anymore. And you would still you could still make a solid argument that the SEC is at the top or at least tied at the top with the Power Five conferences in terms of um, ability to win championships and popularity. But along comes the Big 12, which is having this great season in football, a lot of depth, a lot of quality to it. Gets Oklahoma to a college football playoff. Should have been in the national championship game had Lincoln Riley not clamped down his play calling over those final several drives. But a story for another day. Then you get to a situation here like you have a great basketball season. By far the most depth in the entire country. You get four teams in the Sweet 16. You get three in the Elite Eight. You have one in the Final Four. And a lot of Big 12 fans have taken that approach. And I have no problem with it at all. I think it's realizing that, especially if you're a Big 12 fan, nobody is going to promote you. I mean, we are at Heartland College Sports, and that's why I built this thing, because I felt that the Big 12 was not getting enough national recognition. So I used to work in Oklahoma at K101 and Z92 Radio in Woodward. Uh, I moved to New York City to work for CBS Sports Radio, Sports Illustrated, and others. And I built this thing with the idea that there are so many different outlets that the SEC and the Big Ten in particular use to their advantage. And I knew I wasn't competing with ESPN. But if I could create an independent digital media outlet that gave this conference more of a voice that built itself regionally and eventually nationally, we could get the conference the respect it deserved. Now, we're building. We're growing every week, every day. But this conference has done its part as well, academically and athletically, to make itself once again a powerhouse across the nation that it kind of lost over the past several years. With the conference realignment, teams leaving, teams coming in, it was a strange few years, bad leadership. So now you look at it and you say, okay, the conference is in a really good place. It still needs a little push. And if fans are out there for other teams saying, hey, I'm on board with what's going on here in the Big 12 Conference, then that's a good thing. The more fandom it can get, the better off this conference is. So I don't care if an Oklahoma State fan's out there saying, I'm pulling for Kansas to win the whole darn thing. Or if there's whatever, a K-State fan even, whose team gets knocked out and says, you know what, I'll maybe not pull for the Jayhawks, but I at least won't be upset if the Jayhawks go out there and win this whole thing because the Big 12 could use it. God bless them. We need more of that. 
And I don't have a horse in the race. I love the entire Big 12. I want every team in this conference that plays a game to win it. I realize that's impossible when they play each other, but that is my perfect world type of situation. So to see more people adopting that model and realizing, you know what? I realize that on game day, if I'm an Oklahoma fan, I don't like Oklahoma State. Or if I'm a Texas Tech fan, I can't stand Texas and all that kind of stuff. But when your team is done and there's no more rivalry on the field or on the court, then just look for this conference to succeed because there's always a trickle-down effect. There is, and that's what the SEC did well too. They had a trickle-down effect where there was so much exposure and so much success for Alabama and Florida and others over the past 10 years. They took it. And it helped out Mississippi State and Ole Miss be top five teams a few years ago. So this all comes back full circle, and it can for the Big 12 as well. Pete Munda with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly. And coming up next, my prediction for this weekend's Final Four. We'll get to it here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. So I haven't yet had the chance to brag about the fact that, yes, I have two brackets, two brackets in two different pools, and in both, I have three of the final four teams nailed. And I'm pretty proud of that. Pete Mundo with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Final few minutes. Great to be here with you as always. I had Villanova, Kansas, and Michigan. I, I know that surprises you. I did not have Loyola Chicago, but I had the other three. Now, the bad thing for me is that I had Arizona as the fourth, and I had them in the championship game. I did not have them winning, but I did have them, admittedly, in the championship game. So, bad job by me there. But uh, when we talk about this game, I said it earlier in the show. I want to say it again, full transparency, Villanova graduate, And the only thing I really watch is Villanova basketball and then the Big 12 football or basketball. So it's funny. I've seen my alma mater now play three straight Big 12 teams, West Virginia, Texas Tech, and now it's going to be Kansas on Saturday. And I look at this game, and here's my concern for Kansas. Azabuke was great down low against Duke. Really good, really effective, and that's what they needed against Marvin Bagley, um, Carter, all these guys. But against Villanova, when Omari Spellman, who's their six foot ten big man down low, but also can step out and shoot a three-pointer which with incredible efficiency and accuracy for a guy of his size, I don't know if that's the kind of matchup that Kansas and Bill Self won for Azabuke down low. I don't think that's his game. And my concern is that offensively, Villanova is going to have its way with Kansas. Kansas' defense is good. It's not great. Devontae Graham, I like his matchup with Jalen Brunson, who they're both crafty veterans. They've both been around the block. No one's going to fool anybody else. But the player that I liked guarding Jalen Brunson was more of the Keenan Evans type, who was bigger, stronger, and longer. Devontae Graham's a little bigger, but he's not exactly a monster on the defensive end. He's just not that kind of player. And Villanova can hit threes with such accuracy. And what they proved 
against Texas Tech when they were not hitting the three ball efficiently, they can out-tough you. And Jay Wright mentioned that after the game is that, listen, I know my team can go out there and I know that they can shoot three-pointers and and be lights out. But at some point in the NCAA tournament, you're not going to have it and you've got to win a gritty game. And that's what Villanova did against Texas Tech. And that's why I look at this game and I say to myself, I don't see how Kansas has the firepower to get it done. Is Malik Newman going to have one of those career games? Is he going to be the guy to step up? I mean, where is that firepower coming from in the offensive end to keep up with Villanova? Because I don't think Kansas can play that kind of defense that Texas Tech is capable of doing. And that's why I think that ultimately this game comes down to Villanova getting on one of those streaks in the second half. I think it's close for 20 minutes. And at some point in that, uh, in those opening four minutes of the second half, Villanova is going to hit two or three three-pointers in a row and is going to maintain that lead down the stretch for something like an 82-76 to 76 win. That's my hunch. Once again, full transparency, yes, I'm a Villanova graduate. But I'm trying to call this as down the middle as I possibly can. And I will say this, in two of my brackets, I only have two. I had two different pools. One, I have Villanova winning it all. One, I have Kansas winning it all. Ironically, I was in one pool with a bunch of Villanova people, and I picked Kansas to win it all in that one, figuring most of the people in that pool would go with Villanova. So, I, you know, I, I could potentially win here no matter what. But I don't see Kansas keeping up, and that's what this game is going to come down to. On the other side, whatever, I, I, give me Michigan. I'm, I'm, I'm done with Sister Jean. She sold her soul. There's no way this team should be in the Final Four. They're somehow there. Great story, but the Sister Jean uh, run comes to an end on Saturday night in San Antonio. And then in the championship game, I will take Villanova over Michigan for their second national title in three years. Call me biased. That's fine. It is what it is. That's my gut prediction here going forward. Pete Mundo with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Always appreciate you joining us here for the final few minutes of the show. Um, In terms of what's going on here, and it's a, there's a lot more that's going to come out on this story. A lot more. Trevon Boykin. I I don't want to dig too far into it, but the former TCU quarterback accused of assaulting his girlfriend, and it's nasty. If you haven't seen the story, uh, look it up. It's it's ugly. The Seahawks have released him, accused of breaking his girlfriend's jaw and the whole thing, and that's just somebody that should should not be in the NFL. I, I, I wouldn't want him in my company. No place. I mean, it's what he's been accused of. I know it's innocent until proven guilty, but what he's been accused of is um, is just nasty stuff. And I wanted to make sure I brought it up just because um, cowards like that, alleged cowards like that, need to be called out for what they are. Oklahoma State spring practice underway this week. And, you know, I, I don't want to say it's tough, but because Drew Brown and Spencer Sanders, the two quarterbacks, won't be on campus until the summer, the biggest storyline is no longer there for Oklahoma State. But I'm interested in the wide receiver spot. Who are the guys or the guy that steps up? Tyron Johnson is somebody who, the LSU transfer, who did not light it up last season, partially because there's only one football to go around. But with Washington gone and Marcel Aitman gone, can Johnson be that next big-time receiver? Jalen McCleskey's back as well. Dylan Stoner, 
solid freshman year. Tylen Wallace, there's no shortage of talent at the position, but it's a question of who becomes that next stud for Oklahoma State at the uh, wide receiver spot. And then you look on the defensive side, specifically safety. Jarek Bernard is one of the big faces coming in that Mike Gundy was trying to recruit. A different style of safety, can line up at cornerback, big body, all these different things that you need in the Big 12 at that position. And when you have both your starters gone, in Trey Flowers and Ramon Richards, it opens the door to somebody like a Brown to go in there, step up, and let's see what he's got. Because with now a new defensive coordinator and turning that unit over, that's the thing that's held this program back from you know, 9, 10 wins a year to legitimate Big 12 title contenders and college football playoff contenders. It's been the defense. And hopefully that begins to change this spring. Pete Mundo with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly. You guys are awesome. I always appreciate you joining us. And next week I will have some huge, huge news about this website, what we are doing, and how it is going to affect our coverage moving forward. I mean, this is the biggest thing that's happened to Heartland College Sports yet. I will share it with you during next week's show, also on the website, so stay tuned there. Pete Mundo with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Find us at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah, we're one big country nation, that's right. Thanks for listening this week, guys. If you want a free koozie, email me a screenshot of your rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. Email me a screenshot. I'll send you free Heartland College Sports koozies. What more do you want? Talk to you guys soon.